welcome to the Runner's Roundtable podcast. My name is Stephanie Diaz, and in season two of the Runner's Roundtable, I'll be talking to different female run coaches about their running stories and coaching philosophies. In this episode, I'm talking to coach Kim Silverstein about the importance of having fun with running, adjusting to a changing relationship with running as life changes, and some challenges coaches face when confronting diet culture. Enjoy our conversation and thanks for listening. Welcome everyone to another episode of Runner's Roundtable, where in season two, I am featuring different female run coaches. And today I'm talking to Kim Silverstein. I am so excited to talk to you because I'm just curious how photography and running go together for you and how you, how I just love having these conversations because I'm like, oh, we're all such varied human beings. And I... I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say that I'm sure your running has influenced your photography and that photography has also influenced the running, at least in terms of maybe how you see the world and how you engage with the world. So I'm curious if when you're telling us your running story, you can also tell us a little bit about you off the run, because who you are off the run really does impact your coaching and your running. So Turning it over to you now, Kim, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow. Well, thank you, Stephanie. I'm very excited to be here and uh, and chatting with you today. And I love that you just, you launched right in with like a, a real hardball. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I actually, I love that question. And it's something I, I think about often of how do these two uh, very seemingly different um, aspects of my life uh, where do they, where's the, you know, the, the, the crossover when you sort of put the two circles together. Um, and as you were, as you were just asking the question and talking about that, I was thinking, you know, I think it's really that both, um, both photography, at least the kind of photography that I do and, um, and, and working with runners, it's a very intimate relationship. It's a very close, um, you're, you're very up close with people, um, whether you're, even if I'm working with someone virtually as a, as a coach, um, you're, you're very involved in, in some very intimate, uh, moments of their life, um, and of what they're, what they're experiencing, you know, as a runner, whether it's, you know, just an expression of, of physical discomfort or anything happening, you know, with their body, um, or just the overall experience. It's so incredibly vulnerable, um, to be in, uh, to be a runner, as you know, and to, uh, to sort of, you know, be out there, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and experiencing the joy of, of running and sometimes the pain of running. Mm. Um, and in some ways, um, I think with photography, it's, it's a similar, it's a similar experience because I'm, I spend a lot of time with families, um, mostly in, in joyful moments, um, whether it's a, it's a milestone occasion in their life or just we're capturing the family, but you also sort of see some of the family dynamics and, and some of the, the messier stuff that we don't always want to put on display, um, for photography that we're paying for, <laughs> but it's, right. it's still there nonetheless. Um, and I think I just, that's what I, I enjoy being able to do, uh, work that, lets me be close to people. Um, I think it's just, it's very, it, it feels very fulfilling. It's very, um, 
uh, I just think there's something that feels very natural about it to me, even though it means that I've essentially monetized my two hobbies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, no one, it, I'm though. not, no, I'm not going to get paid to to cook, um, which is something <laughs> else I like to do. I need to keep something that's separate from uh, my professional life. <laughs> well, I can imagine that both have to be very fulfilling creatively for you, right? Like I, as, as I was listening to you speak, all I could think is, oh, just like you craft a training plan, you're also crafting postures and photographs, right? Like try to figure out what's the best lighting, where is, so I can only imagine that there's so much creativity that you get to work with on both of those things, even with something that is a little more, sometimes I feel like creating the training plan can feel a little more linear. I guess in photography, you might get the same thing, right? Like where you're working towards getting a good picture, a nice picture that reflects whatever it is. So thank you for sharing that. And also thank you for for even saying like, hey, you've monetized your hobbies because I think a lot of us, (laughs) We are trying to figure out how to do just that, how to take that thing that does excite us and does make us happy and make a career out of it. Because at that point, it's at least for me, I'm like, that's no, it doesn't even sound like it's a job for you. This is just something you enjoy doing that you happen to get paid for. That's really nice. When did you start running? Uh, So I started running in high school. I, um, I, I, when I was a freshman in high school, I tried out for the JV soccer team. Um, I had played soccer for most of my life. I wasn't, you know, a superstar, but it was something I enjoyed. And uh, soccer was very big in our town. So it was actually very competitive. Um, and I remember going to that first day of soccer tryouts and we, they had us do uh, warm up laps, uh, you know, around this little field. I think it was like eight laps. It was probably about a mile. Um, and I remember most people just, you know, Oh God running, you know, and I just ran my little eight laps. And I think I finished second, not that it was a race, but I remember, I just distinctly remember like, Oh, okay. I guess I can run (laughs) or I can run eight laps around a field, um, you know, about a mile and not complain about it. Um, uh, which I had, you know, done in middle school, which again, was not something that everyone loves doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I didn't make the soccer team, I found out that there was a group that was meeting uh, to train for track and field. Um, soccer was in the spring, uh, in the winter, so track and field was coming up in the spring. And there was a group that was meeting during that PE period. Um, and so I found that group and started running with uh, with them. And that was uh, that was it. Just took off. Uh, so I ran track and cross country in high school. Um, and uh, you know, have, since then, I mean. It's been a very, you know, as, as I'm sure you and, and many of your listeners know, I mean, life just brings you so many different ups and downs and you're in different phases and different moments where you're sometimes more uh, into running and not, you know, I, then I went off to college and, you know, kind of occasionally would go out for a run, but really didn't do much. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I moved uh, out to LA where I live now, which is now almost 20 years ago. And I, uh, I was uh, 25 and I said, okay, well, you know, I'm in a new city. Um, I want to meet some people. Maybe I'll join a running group. So I I found a running group that met every Saturday. Um, I I didn't realize when I 
found them and, and signed up that they were actually training for the LA marathon, <laughs> but I figured, okay, well I'm here. So, uh, I met a, a great group of people and just found myself just funneled right into a, a marathon training, um, with this group, <laughs> um, but it was great. Cause you know, we would meet every, every Saturday morning to do a long run. And it was, you know, it was a nice way to sort of have consistency. And, um, so then I, yeah, I ran my first marathon and, and realized I, I was hooked on marathons and I really liked it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then since then, just if, you know, had, uh, I, I've run a few other, I've run several other marathons, but you know, also took some time. I had children and took some time, uh, <laughs> away from running, uh, both out of necessity and just, you know, as you're kind of trying to figure out how to manage your time and survival. what feels survival and like, just what feels good. And I remember, you know, saying, okay, like when my, my youngest was like maybe one, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back out there and start running. And like, I couldn't even make it down the block. And I'm like, what, what's happened? Like I've, I've run, you know, I've run marathons. I've, you know, I used to be like decently, you know, uh, I, I was, I was, I had good fitness. Um, but you know, of course, like our bodies change tremendously or effectively in a brand new body. Um, yep. and, uh, so it took me a while to kind of build back up, but then I, I set a goal for myself around this time. My son was about five, um, that that was time to, to do another marathon. And so I, I jumped back into that world and, um, you know, with a few, with a half marathon sprinkled in here and there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've done seven marathons and, uh, many, many halves and I'm actually right. I'm currently training for a 5k, um, which is very new for me to focus on a shorter distance. It's actually I'm so excited. Yeah. For you. <laughs> so that's a, it's a fun, it's, it's a, you know, I, I finally just listened to the advice that, you know, everyone's constantly giving and the advice that I give to runners, you know, it's like, sometimes you really just do have to, to mix things up and try something different. That's, you know, um, out of your comfort zone. And I'm not really a speed runner, but it's been really nice to, to take a break from the intensity of marathon running and training, um, and focus on something shorter. And it's been, it's been really fun and I'm excited to, to do the race. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a great thing to, to kind of bring up. I don't think I've, we've talked about that yet on any of these discussions, right. Where, and oftentimes I do give the marathon as an example, because everyone is so mystified by the marathon. And I understand the marathon's yeah. a beast. Like that is yep. a beast that does not care. <laughs> it just, yeah, you do it. You do what you can on race day. But we haven't really talked about this. And I, you know, even for myself last summer, I did a 5k training block and I absolutely loved it. 5k's suck too. Like when you yeah. race them, they're really <laughs> hard. Like they're really, really hard. I can go right now. Like if you and I wanted to do this whole discussion while I ran a 5k, no problem. But if you tell me, Hey Steph, go race a 5k. I will probably have very similar feelings to like racing a marathon where it's like, oh, you know, it's going to take something out of you, right? Like a 5k, it's not, there's no easing in. Yes, you do can, you can ease in, but you've got less time to ease into the work and into the pace than you do like a marathon. So when I had my 5k training block and it was here, it was in the summer. So I'm in Miami first time ever that I can actually recall, and maybe I'm just a little jaded here, where I, I actually enjoyed running in the summer. Because it was a 5K training block, I wasn't yeah. out there as long. My speed work, like everything was just so much shorter. And it's not to say that it wasn't as intense, 
but it was so much shorter and it was really, really fun to get to know that side of me as a runner. So I'm someone who, you know, I started off with a couch to 5k program. That's how I started with running, but you know, most couch to 5k programs, they're not giving you the speed workout. They're not, it's more like getting you to completion versus working on that time goal. So I'm really excited for you because I think, or I know that, yes, it's great to change things up, but I feel like that's also going to do a lot to inform your own coaching. Have you seen that that's starting to translate to some of like your philosophies or your style or even your approach to coaching your athletes? Yeah. Um, I think something that I've noticed, so I'll share. So actually as of, well, as of this recording, I'm actually the five K's in two days <laughs> It's on Sunday. Nice. So by the time this comes out, I'll have already run it. Um, and I will say that, uh, I ran a 5k during kind of as part of my base building for the last marathon I ran. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the 5k was about oh, almost a year ago. It was in March of, of last year of 2022. Uh, and it was incredibly humbling, <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm thinking, oh, of course, like, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly in shape, but the, there's no question that I will finish a 5k or that I can even do it at a, a decent pace. Like I figured, okay, treat it like a tempo run. Um, yeah. and it was kind of a mess. <laughs> uh, first of all, it was, you know, it was a very, uh, I, I realized, you know, with a 5k, because you have runners, it's a, it's a great starting distance for, especially for new runners. It's a great mm-hmm. distance to walk. It's great for families. And I just didn't take all that into account. So I was just stuck in this, you know, pack of people at the starting line and I couldn't really get out. So like, I'm seeing like, I'm, I, I got a race, but I'm stuck behind strollers and, you know, and people who are just taking their time and wearing costumes, which is fantastic. I love those people, but I was like, how do I get through? <laughs> um, so I, I had a rough start. And then I also just hadn't really paid attention that the course was actually kind of hilly. Um, and so that was also just, uh, you know, I, I, again, it was just in my mind that, oh, of course it's just a 5k. And then mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to do something, uh, with intensity and you realize, oh, the intensity is there for you. And in the form of like sort of soft rolling Hills. Um, but it was, it was a good experience to learn from. And I've taken a very different approach this time around. Um, but to, to answer your question, it has helped me, um, just in how I think about how I approach runners that I work with, um, because, you know, as we've, as I'm sure, uh, in your experience, you know, not every, you may subscribe to one particular philosophy around coaching or one particular method, even if it doesn't actually look the same for every runner, but mm-hmm. obviously not every runner is the same, um, both in terms of their ability or their motivation or sort of where they are in life and kind of what they're, um, you know, hoping to get out of their experience. Um, and so what that's actually encouraged me to do is just really to continue learning and to continue being a student, um, of this sport. And I would say probably about once a month, I order a new book (laughs) to read, um, about, you know, just different, uh, different approaches to training, uh, particularly for marathons, but really for, you know, for any distances. Um, I, I have an athlete I'm working with right now. Who's, uh, who's running the LA marathon, uh, in March in about two months. Um, and I'm definitely going to encourage her to do something different, you know, after that's over and she's had a chance to recover. Um, because a lot of people I know just in my own, you know, personal circle of, of friends and other runners, you know, it's, it's one marathon after another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always just think, gosh, you must be so tired. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just to know that there are different ways to approach any distance 
and, uh, depending on what you're, you know, what you're able and willing to put in, um, at whatever stage of life you're in, I'm in a, a year ago, even I was in a different stage and phase and things have changed dramatically for me, uh, in my life and in my, what my, I perceive my abilities to be. And that has definitely helped me to accept that, you know, oh, it doesn't just have to be a marathon all the time. It doesn't have to be two marathons a year or three marathons a year that maybe it's not even going to be once a year. Maybe I, maybe I'm going to skip this year and I'll just folk, you know, do some other things and then go back to it, um, and take a different approach and try a different sort of training philosophy, um, both for myself and, um, you know, what I would encourage my, my athletes to do. Yeah. And that's, that's such a great point to make because running, it's not linear. Your path with running isn't linear. And especially when you've been in the sport for so long, that's how it is. I mean, it's even, I think of it as like our relationships with people, right? Like even our relationships with people, we have moments where we're really close moments where we pull away moments of conflict, moments of having to walk away, right? Like even with some of the people that we are the closest with running is very similar. And that's part of these conversations too, is kind of highlighting that it's the coach athlete relationship is a relationship, but one of the things the coach does, and I'm, I'm hoping you'll agree with me, right? One of the things the coach does is that you are fostering that relationship between your athlete and running that you are working with that. And that is such an important thing to tell your athletes, right? Like it's okay to have ups and downs. It's okay to have years where maybe you do a lot of racing or it's okay to have years where you don't do any racing. It's really just running has to fit in or that's the way I see it. Like running has to fit into your life. It can't be rigid because life is chaotic. Like there's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen in life. As an example, can you walk us through, if you can remember, which I'm sure you can, the differences you experienced in that post-motherhood marathon and pre-motherhood marathon? Because I feel like that is such a great example to what you're speaking to. Uh, Yeah, and I'll I'll even go a step further. Um, So you know, pre-marathon or pre-motherhood marathons, I had done two. Um, I actually did them very like back to back, like within three months, which is also crazy now that I think about it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, of course I was, you know, I had all the time in the world. I mean, I had a job like, you know, but I would, it was very, I had a very routine life. I would come home, uh, go on my little run, come back, make myself dinner, you know, and uh, it it was just a very easy way to approach it. Um, I was, obviously my, my body composition was different. I was, you know, younger and, and had, um, in, in all the ways. Uh, so of course that, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, I wish I had taken that training maybe a little more seriously (laughs) (laughs) given that I knew that I really had the, the optimal, uh, both setup in my life and just, you know, physiologically, um, I was very much because this was my, you know, at least my first marathon. And then of course my second, which was very shortly after that, it was, you know, the goals to finish. And I was very much doing the bare minimum plan. (laughs) Yeah. I would come, I did like three very short runs, uh, during the week, just like a three Mm -hmm. mile out and back. Um, and then the long run on Saturday, that was it. It was again, it was very bare minimum. I did no speed workouts, no hill. Like the only, you know, substantial workout was the long run. Um, every week. 
And, uh, but I was consistent and it worked. And so I, of course I finished and I actually felt, um, I felt pretty good. And then, you know, again, was inspired to, to do another marathon, uh, three months later. Um, uh, my, my thinking was, well, I'm already trained. <laughs> I'm already there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in that boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then to fast forward to the, you know, to the first marathon, um, after, you know, having children, um, which was, I mean, that, that was probably almost 10 years later by the time I had you know, the last marathon to the, to the next one. Um, I was still sort of doing the bare minimum, <laughs> uh, plan because, uh, that was just all I had time for. Um, I was exhausted. I was, you know, working a very demanding job at the time and, you know, had two toddlers basically. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a different experience. I got injured, uh, during training, which I, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I recovered in time, <laughs> uh, you know, sort of, it was a, the injury happened at, I think probably the, the, if there's a good time to have an injury, at least <laughs> it wasn't the worst uh, time to have an injury. Cause I was able to recover, um, and, and make it and finish, um, that marathon that I ran, it was the Chicago marathon. It was an exceptionally warm, uh, year. So that mm-hmm. was really challenging. Um, I did not feel great physically, but I had a lot of fun <laughs> and I, w- yeah. I was reminded why I really, wanted to get back into it. So there was as much, it was as much of a, you know, uh, there was a, a mental piece to it that, or an emotional component to, um, to the experience that was really important, even though physically it wasn't my great, it was my slowest marathon. Um, but I didn't care. It was, it was an incredibly fun experience to run through Chicago. And I took the trip there with my mom and it was, we had a great time together and I got to visit friends. Um, so I made it an experience and that's what I think I realized, would change for me going forward that I want the marathon to be sort of a, a full experience for me. Um, and, uh, so then I, I did New York two years in a row after that, um, which just my, I mean, I'm wearing my well, New York sweatshirt, which there is my, go. one of my favorite, uh, clothing items that I own. <laughs> uh, it's New York city marathon is absolutely the best experience in the world, um, of any experience running or otherwise. Uh, and I, I will enter the lottery every year because <laughs> any opportunity I can go back to, uh, oh, I to love that. that. That's is, how I uh, feel about Chicago. Yeah. Um, I would love to go back and have a, a redo of Chicago as well, <laughs> a, a little redemption from that first year. Um, but so I, when I said, uh, I would sort of go a step further beyond that was, you know, those were, that was the pre and post, uh, you know, becoming a, a parent marathons, um, and then I entered, you know, I turned 40 several years later and, uh, realized I had entered a whole different phase of my life, um, in many ways and decided actually, I wanted to take this more seriously. Um, I had always just sort of been doing, as I said, that kind of bare minimum plan, because that's all I really had the, uh, you know, that's all I could really do at the time. And now my kids were older. I had, uh, my professional status had changed. Um, and I was able to actually masters runner, right? Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I have the ability to like actually do this differently. Um, and, uh, so I, so I did, so I just decided I was going to really kind of hone in and start doing more, uh, you know, speed workouts during the week and, or tempo runs or longer mileage during the week. Um, not just saving it for the long runs. Um, and, so my relationship even 
at this phase, I think has changed dramatically. Um, and of course I, you know, I became a coach, um, which gave me, you know, it sort of opened up a whole other, uh, you know, way of looking at the sport, um, and my understanding and my desire to learn. Um, I got my own coach for the first time, uh, a little over a year ago, which was, you know, you have to, to practice what you preach. Um, and Absolutely. as I'm sure you remember from our, from RCA training, you know, it's very hard to coach yourself. Um, yep. And uh, I really appreciated having uh, a coach to work with. And, you know, again, it's, it's something that always changes and evolves as our bodies change and evolve and our life circumstances change and evolve. So um, I actually think I'm in a much stronger place mm-hmm. now. I finally, I finally got a, a big PR um, a little over a year ago, and that was exciting. Um, and now I'm just having to reorient again. And it's, you know, it, maybe it's not always going to be about PRs. <laughs> it's not always going to be about you know, you know, it's, it's, it, what, what am I accomplishing this time around? It might look different than what I accomplished last time. Yeah. And that's, thank you for sharing that because it's, again, when you're in this sport for so long, it's going to change with you and you are going to change with it. What set you on the path of becoming a run coach? Was there something in specific? Was it a curiosity? I feel like I've gotten a lot of people say, oh, I, you know, run coaching because everyone just came to me with questions. And I decided to, I, this, it just cracks me up every time I say it, where it's like people went for the run coaching to make it official. Like their status with running was official and, and in a different state. So what prompted you to go through the training to get certified? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, in some regards, yes, it was definitely people were, you know, my friends were coming to me. They knew that I was someone they could ask about, you know, where should I get running shoes or what about this race or what should I do for, you know, to train for X, Y, or Z. Um, so there was, that was definitely at the, um, at the heart of it. Um, but I think a little bit more specifically. So in 2019, I started, this was now I had, you know, run, um, it had been about a year, a little over a year since my last marathon. Um, and I was, you know, kind of really trying to, to kind of build this new seriousness around my approach to running. Um, and a friend of mine introduced me to a treadmill studio, um, in LA and, uh, it was, I had never heard of such a thing. Like I had done, no, I'm know, like spinning, oh. um, and all those other, you know, group fitness things. And I had never, you know, a treadmill studio. And I'm like, that's, that sounds, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about treadmills. I always, you think of a treadmill as a punishment because you, for not going outside, although mm-hmm. as I'm sure with your, with your climate being somewhat similar to ours, there are moments yeah. where you probably listen, I suck it yeah. up. I suck it up outside. Okay. I, um, I don't even know. <laughs> well, I did, I did do this past training cycle, 12 mile long run on my treadmill because it was too hot to go outside. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I was introduced to this treadmill studio. Um, and I mean, these are, you know, top of the line treadmills, so it it doesn't feel like a punishment. It's, they were incredible to run on. Um, and it was a really, really fun class experience. Um, and so I, I got hooked on that. I got hooked on, you know, doing, you know, hit style, uh, running. I mean, not of course as my every day, but you know, a couple times a week and the studio was probably about 30 minutes from my house. So I was, so excited to go that I would actually willingly get in my car and, you know, drive through LA traffic to, to go to this studio. And I would sometimes meet up with my friend. Um, I soon made other friends there. I actually then became uh, very friendly with some of the coaches um, at the studio and sort of saw 
okay, I think there's something here that I could see myself doing, not necessarily coaching classes in this specific uh, context, but I liked what they were doing. I liked sort of the way that they were also, you know, themselves runners and also coaches, you mm-hmm. know, compared to the last coach I had, which was in high school where he was, you know, a middle-aged man, um, and right. not actually out running with us, <laughs> um, which was fine. I mean, he was a great coach, but you know, sort of this idea that you're both a peer and a leader. Yep. Um, and so I really got excited about just this idea, but I wasn't sure what it would look like for me. Um, and so I was, you know, at this, you know, going to the studio a couple times a week. Um, and of course, you know, during that time, my, my friends were still, uh, you know, asking me questions. Um, and then in early 2020, my, a friend of mine was, uh, planning to run the LA marathon, uh, in March of 2020. And, uh, his coach is actually another mutual friend of ours and she had broken her leg. So she had said, Oh, Kim, would you want to run with David for part of the marathon just to kind of keep him motivated? And, you know, cause she's, she loves doing that with her athletes. She likes to jump in and kind of, you know, keep them company yeah, along the way. And, just, and I said, Oh my, Oh my God, that would be amazing. That would be really fun. Of course, I'd be happy to do that. So she was working out a whole plan of different people who would kind of find him at different miles. Um, so I met him, uh, you know, about halfway, um, and ended up running the whole last half of the marathon with him. Um, and, uh, I don't know that he necessarily wanted me there the whole time, but, <laughs> but <I stayed. laughs> and, uh, it was actually, it was a great, uh, it was fun for me to be able to share my knowledge and experience of, just the marathon and sort of where you're at, at, you know, between mile 13 and 26 and saying, okay, you know, in about 20 minutes, we're going to be hitting this one stretch of road. That's going to really suck. So let's mentally prepare and get through it together. Um, and then of course, you know, he, he had the whole finish to himself. I, I jumped out and, um, he got to have, you know, his glorious moment crossing the finish line. Um, and this was all the way, by the way, it was like March 13th or something of 2020 yeah, it's like and, right before. And, and people right and before. every, and there was actually, you know, everyone was like, Oh, sh- they should cancel this marathon. And like, you know, everyone's kind of like, what, what's happening. Um, and of course, after that, everything, um, there were no races for a long time. So I sort of got this last good experience in, um, all the while I had been researching, our RCA training. Um, they were all in, you know, far flung cities across the country or taking place on weekends that I already had committed and couldn't do. Um, and then of course everything went virtual. So I said, okay, well, this is, I think my moment. (laughs) So that became one of my, you know, projects in quarantine (laughs) was, uh, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually go through with the training. And, um, and so I did, I did the whole weekend virtual, Um, and you know, it was nice to sort of have time carved out when people weren't really seeing a lot of each other in person, even though running was something that we could, you know, more or less safely do outdoors. Um, but to be able to have the time to really think about what I wanted to do as a coach, to do the training, to really do the learning, uh, to build out, you know, a website and to, to start talking to people, um, and figuring out again, at that time, what people were comfortable doing, um, and, just sort of going from there. And so that's, uh, that's the, that was the journey. Um, and it, you know, it continues to change. Like I, I love, um, being able to, you know, to, to meet new people, to find not only referrals and and friends of mine, people I know who know that I'm doing this work, but for people who just find me online, um, and reach out. So, uh, it's been, it's been really fun and, and challenging, um, and also just really wonderful. 
It really is. And it's talk about if we can say that there's a bright spot with the pandemic, which there are many, right? I don't want to say that it was all negative, but that is a bright spot of the pandemic where so much went virtual. And even now it's like, I love that they're still offering things virtual. I mean, my, I'm always wondering, how do we make this sport grow? Like, how can we help this sport grow? And that's one of the things where it's like, create multiple entry points for it. So even within coaching, how do we help coaching grow? How do we help? Because I feel like we're definitely entering into an era and I'm so grateful for it, where more and more people are understanding that run coaches aren't just for elite athletes. Run coaches aren't just for specific training cycles. Your run coach, your run coach is like, it's just anyone else that's a part of your training team. It's just another resource for those who like running, for those who want a little more structure with running, and for those who want to run in a way that is going to hopefully prevent or mitigate the risk of injury. So I really love that that's part of your story. I also just love the running community so much because there are so many people that do what you did for your friend in the LA marathon, right? Like that's what we do. We're like, I mean, if someone were to say, hey, I have this run tomorrow, can you come and help me? And I'd be like, I wasn't planning on running, but because I'm going to help you, I'll be there. And I feel like there's just so much goodness in the running community. And I love that that was something that planted that seed for you because that is part of it, right? Like part of the run coaching relationship is you're going to look into the races. You're going to know what the races are. You're going to be able to talk your athlete through some of the things they should consider with certain races or what to expect. And the fact that you were there for that person for that second half of the race where it's like, okay, mile 13, you're going to feel good. But you know, once we hit mile 16, it might start to go a little bit down, but I'm here with you. Don't worry. I got you. I got you. So that's so wonderful that that was part of it for you. And also thank you for talking about how challenging it is or how much you even have to continue to change and evolve because echoing what you said earlier is that every athlete is different. So how you approach each athlete will be different. Can you tell us a little bit now about your coaching style and what your coaching philosophy is? Yeah. So I am, I would say that my, what I, when I talk to a potential uh, you know, client, when they, when we do a, like an intake call, I, I always offer to schedule like a, you know, 15, 20 minute call with someone. Um, you know, I always start out by saying, you know, I, I get their story and I say, listen, you know, I want this to be fun for you. Like if it doesn't feel, if you're doing this because you feel like you have to do, you know, I have to start running because of X, Y, and Z, or I, you know, I know I should do a marathon. So that's what I'm going to sign up for. Like if there's not an element of fun <laughs> built into that, then you're, you've picked the wrong sport. There are a lot of ways to have fun that require a lot less commitment, um, and are much easier on the body. Um, so I, I always want to make sure that everyone's coming into it really just from a, a place of joy. Um, that's really important to me. Um, because you are going to put in a lot of work and every day is not going to feel great. So there has to be something in it for you that feels joyful. Um, and whether that's just the the promise of a medal and a really fun, uh, you know, celebration <laughs> after whatever race it is that you've signed up for, or that, or you've reached some milestone, um, uh, or, you know, whatever it is, that's, that's the most important thing to me. Um, the second thing that I always really impress upon, uh, you know, potential, you know, athletes that I work with is, 
you know, I can create for you, you know, a, a perfect to a T program um, that hits all the things, but you're the one who has to get up and do the work. <laughs> um, and look, I I have the days too, where sometimes you get up and you just know it's not going to happen today. And yeah. that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. It's, <laughs> you know, I'm going to create this for you, but you're going to be the one who has to go out and do the run, um, who has to put in the effort and most importantly has to communicate to me because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, here's your program and, you know, you go out and do the runs, but if, if we're not actually talking about it, I, I don't actually know how you're experiencing it. So because I value communication, um, and as I started off by saying, you know, I love the, the vulnerability that comes with the relationship you have with, um, with athletes is that I really want people to, I want people to make comments on all of their runs because I will respond to all of them. I love talking, even if it's just, Oh, I had a really great run today. It was just an easy, you know, it was an easy five mile or whatever it was. And, and I felt great. Um, or, you know, here are the challenges I experienced or this was going on. Um, I want to talk about all of it. <laughs> I want, you know, cause I think that it informs, me, it helps me to help them become better and to, to make it more effective. Um, especially if something isn't working, I need to know what about it isn't working, or they may not know that it's not working, but I can see on my end, you know, I've noticed you've struggled at, you know, with this particular kind of workout for the last few weeks, maybe it's time to change it up so that it will become more enjoyable. Um, it will feel less of a struggle. Um, and so I think that's what I really hope to impart to, you know, to folks who want to work with me is that really just, it should be joyful. And mm-hmm. I want to build a relationship, you know, built around, um, you know, good communication. Um, and also that, you know, I'm really willing to learn as well. I don't consider myself an expert. <laughs> um, I, I, I always see myself as a student, um, in whatever I do. I mean, even with photography, I've been doing photography much longer than I've been a run coach and I'm still, every week looking for new things I can learn, um, in terms of technique or camera function or different setups and things like that to constantly improve. So if someone comes to me and says, Hey, these are my parameters, or this is what I want to do. And it's something I've never done before. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's learn this together and let me use the knowledge and experience I have to, you know, to make this a successful experience for you. Um, and I want, you know, the runners I work with to know that I'm, I'm willing and able to do that. And also that there are some things that I'm not, you know, that are not within my scope. I did have someone, uh, last summer reach out to me, um, and we had several good conversations and it ultimately, it wasn't the right fit. She was looking for something that was very specific. It was, a, I think she was running a decathlon. Is that the one with 10 sports? I don't know. It's something yeah, like, so. it involves There's like, like horseback riding things. and and, you know, ski shooting, like, it was all these things. And then there was like one very small running component. And I said, well, you know, like I-, I could, I could create something that would be meaningful to, to help you run this short distance, but you also have to train for like seven other sports <laughs> or whatever it was. So, <laughs> so I, I said, I think maybe I'm not the right person for you here. Um, and I was very happy to, to do some research and find some other leads for her to follow. Um, you know, and I think also certainly if there are athletes who are at a much higher caliber, um, elite level than my, than I have experience with, again, I'm always, you know, I think I love that there are people who do that work. Um, and I'm always, you know, happy to direct people, um, to other folks who might be better suited. And I know I'm not the right fit for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, none of us are all perfect for, for everyone. <laughs> um, but I just hope someone would enjoy working with me and, um, and trust that I'm, 
I've done the work and I'm still doing the work and I'm doing the learning and uh, someone who's willing to, to take that journey with me, um, I think is, is really fun. And that's, that's the approach I like to take with, uh, with folks and hopefully there's someone who's willing to learn and adapt and, and change as well. Yeah, that is so wonderful because thank you for sharing all of that because that is a big part of why I'm doing these conversations or having these conversations is because I really want people to get that it is a relationship you have with your coach. And in this relationship, you need to communicate well with one another. You need to trust one another, right? So the athlete needs to trust your knowledge, your experience in the creation of their training plan. And then you need to trust that they're going to put in the work without you having to like nag them and also trust that they're going to communicate when something is or is not working. And also it's just the focus on enjoyment and joy is so important. I tell people all the time, we have enough in life that is really stressful, enough Mm -hmm. in life that we have to do and we don't want to do it, but we have to do it. So running should be that space where you, even though we take it for granted and I include myself in that we like take the running for granted, it is something that we get to do. It's not like there, no, it's, we, we have that choice. Also, I love that you say the journey with me because again, it's highlighting the fact that you're just as invested in this relationship as they are. You're just as invested in their running goals, whether it be race related or just maintaining fitness related. It is, it is a journey. And I mean, running is, I I love, I always tell people like running is like this. You've got lots of highs, you've got lots of lows. And in my case, and maybe in your case too, there's extended periods of plateaus of just like, we're steady grinding, steady grinding, and then hopefully something changes or we change or we end up doing a different race or you do a 5K training block when you're used to doing marathon training blocks, right? Like there's a lot of ups and downs. And again, people, it's a relationship. <laughs> like it's a really, you are, we're yeah. dealing with humans here. You as the coach are a human and the athlete is a human. And there's a lot of dynamics that go into that relationship that we oftentimes don't think about it. We just think, oh, I'm going to get a running coach to help me get faster, or I'm going to get a running coach because I I need a training plan. And it's like, no, your running coach is going to be a little bit more than that. And I find that running coaches as well, you have more information than a lot of other people do in terms of those factors that affect the runner. Right. So like an example I usually give is that like sometimes your running coach, if you're pregnant, they may know you're pregnant before you've even announced it, because all of a sudden you had this training plan and you can't do the runs because you have so much morning sickness or you're not feeling well. Who's going to be one of the first people to know if you have (laughs) if you have a good relationship, right? Like your coach, your coach may know before your inner circle of friends will know because of that. So thank you for saying all of that, because again, it's a relationship. I'm curious. It's a two-part question. One, how do you determine whether someone's a good fit for you and whether you're a good fit for them? And the second part of that 
is what are the red flags that come up in these intakes or these conversations with your athletes that start to clue you in that, oh, this is out of my scope? Because I feel like sometimes we'll take on something that is out of our scope just to take it on. And it takes a lot of, I feel like a lot of confidence in yourself to be like, hey, I could train you for this, but this isn't what I do. Yeah, it's a great question. And, um, a lot of that is actually something I've learned in my, you know, 11 years of being a professional photographer, which is this, it's a similar dynamic that you have to, you know, in the beginning, of course, you're kind of, you're grabbing whatever you can because you're trying to build a business and you're learning from that. And I think that's totally fine. Um, and then eventually you get to the point where you do have a, a luxury, hopefully being able to say no, um, or to be able to, you know, determine that something isn't the right fit. Um, and I'll, I'll give my photography example before I give my running example. So yeah. I, in the last several years, I've done a handful of weddings. Um, and wedding photography is not my main business. Um, I have never really desired it to be my main business because it's such an incredible, it's just such a different amount of work. Um, I, I hesitate to say more work because all of it's work, but like it's the, the expectation is different with a wedding because you get literally one shot to get it right. There's no retakes. Um, there's a lot of pressure. Um, and people are, you know, rightly so very emotionally heightened <laughs> around their wedding. Um, and there are a lot of characters involved and family dynamics and vendors and all sorts of things. And so when I first sort of started dabbling into the wedding photography world, I made a very clear and conscious decision that I only wanted to work with uh, clients who I either knew personally, <laughs> um, you know, either friends or friends of friends, um, or weddings that were either small or maybe non-traditional in a sense. Um, I did not have a desire to sort of be in these, you know, in this sort of massive wedding industry. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I've been very intentional about those opportunities, um, and being able to say, okay, this seems like, you know, it's a wedding of maybe 80 people. They're not going to have a whole bridal party. There's no bouquet toss, but it's just a little bit more of like a, a different kind of event. And so that to me feels like the right kind of wedding that I can capture. Um, but it, you know, and it took me a while to sort of get to that place to, to be able to articulate, this is what I want. And then this over here is not really what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, so with running, I, you know, I will get inquiries uh, from folks who, um, I would say either, uh, if it's if, to say, if it's not a right fit, the example I gave of the person who was running the, the it was a pentathlon, some, some high number, that was, which it was it more is, than, yeah. it was more than three. <laughs> um, uh, so things that are super specific is, is not, uh, you know, is something I'm comfortable saying, no, this isn't the right fit. Um, also I, do not work with children. Um, I have not yet work decided to work with, you know, high school athletes. Um, I just think it's such a, a different and tender age group, um, that requires so much care and focus. Um, I have a, you know, a 14 year old daughter myself who runs, um, and it's a very, you know, the fact that I, I know what I know about running. It really, I think in some ways it's helpful for her and for us, um, as, as runners. And also it's hard because, you know, you want to, you know, like, where do I sort of coach? Where do I pull back? Um, but right. just knowing, especially for girls, you know, I, I, if I were to ever move into coaching kids, it would have to take, um, I would really want to 
you know, be thoughtful about it. Um, so I have had several parents reach out to me like, oh, my, you know, my child's trying to, you know, wants to get better at the the 1500 and, you know, hopefully get a college scholarship and like, okay, that's, I can't, you know, that's a no for me. Um, as far as, you know, just a fit otherwise, again, it's someone who feels excited about the way that I present myself as a coach, as I said before about, you know, sort of feeling joyful about it and being willing to put in the work, um, and being willing to adapt and change and, and change course if necessary. Um, someone who has that flexibility, um, I would say other, you know, sort of maybe red flags that would be, um, one thing that I am very, I, I feel very, very strongly about, um, I think if someone came to me who, you know, was looking to be, to start running, to lose weight, um, I, I am very, uh, I've gotten very, uh, become much more entrenched in, uh, you know, the anti-diet world, um, and, I consider myself as a coach to be aligned with, um, you know, health at every size philosophy, mm -hmm. um, that anyone who of any body size, body composition can be a runner if they want to, <laughs> um, and that it can be fun and joyful, no matter, uh, how you're built. Um, and you know, that I really, it, some things will start to ping to me if, if a potential client is talking a lot about, uh, you know, about weight or diet. Um, it's just, it, number one, I'm not qualified. Like I'm not a physician. I'm not a registered dietitian. So these are not even areas that I, I feel I'm qualified to, to talk with an athlete about. I mean, I yeah. can talk generally about, you know, what is considered good practices around nutrition and fueling. Um, but I, I don't want to get specific with people. It makes me very nervous and very uncomfortable because I think there's, it's such a slippery slope into diet culture. Um, and so I think for me, and, and I, I don't, you know, look, I know that when folks are entrenched in that themselves, it's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on and I don't necessarily know about it. I'm also not, you know, a psychologist and, um, I don't want to get too deep into why someone might be feeling they have to lose weight or, you know, what they're, they may yeah. have a history with an eating disorder. And it's not, uh, you know, it's, I, I have respect for the professionals who are equipped to work with folks like that. And I don't think those are running coaches. Um, and so I'm always just very, I always kind of keep an ear out for, for those kinds of things that I, um, I might hear from a, a potential client, um, and, you know, and then hopefully I would try to help them find, you know, a different resource. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say aside from, you know, aside from that, um, or just, you know, not being uh, specifically qualified to train certain events. Um, I'm really open to talking to, to any athlete who might just feel like we have a good connection. Sometimes you just know you hit it off. Um, oh, absolutely. In a conversation. Uh, absolutely. You know. I think it also puts us in a very interesting position as coaches and kind of what I said earlier, right. Where more and more people are getting run coaches. And the reason I say it puts us in, in an interesting position is because you do have a lot of people who they're, first entry into running is because they want to lose weight, right? So I'm curious how, how you navigate those conversations, because what if it's someone that, yeah, they want to lose weight, but I mean, is there anything that they could say that would not necessarily convince you to take them on as a client, but that will lead you to think that, 
oh, this is what they think they want, but I know that running is going to give them so much more than that metric of weight. And I don't know if you've encountered that because I think of even, uh, and I give myself as an example here, it's not so much with weight, but you know, when I started running, it was because of my daughters, because I wanted them to see that health meant being just healthy in general, like it was a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So it was very much so because of them. And somewhere along the line, I fell in love for me. So I'm curious if, if that's ever happened to you, or even if there's someone who's listening to this, that they think, oh, well, I want to run coaching because I want to lose weight. I guess, how do, how should we navigate that particular conversation, right? Like, how do we navigate that? Yes, we want you to be a part of the sport, but can we just put the weight, the scale, the whatever aside and just give it a try? Yeah. Gosh, it's such a great question. And excuse me. And it's hard. And I don't expect you to have an answer at all. Like I just, as I was listening to you talk, I just thought to myself of like, wow, there are so many people that when you ask them, how did you start? They'll tell you it's all because I wanted to lose weight or because I had this or because I had that. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I think it is a fine line to walk of not wanting to, you know, discourage people from taking up something that they may actually enjoy and, and, you know, come to find that they have a different motivation or reason beyond, uh, you know, weight loss. Um, gosh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I think a couple things off the top of my head. Number one, I think if it was someone who I really, I think it would depend if it's someone who I suspect was very, you know, uh, entrenched in sort of a, a weight loss perspective that maybe, you know, hinted at, you know, disordered eating, um, mm -hmm. which again, I couldn't, you know, I'm not equipped to diagnose, yeah, not, but yeah. you know, so that's I would, an have, a, I would have a hunch that there was something. Yeah. I, I think that would, um, I, I don't know. I think maybe it would just be relying on my intuition <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I think for the most part, if it was someone who, you know, said, Oh, like I'm trying to lose weight or stay in shape or whatever it is, something that is either more, uh, based on, you know, whether it's vanity or <laughs> perceived health, I mean, right. Because weight is not, um, necessarily an indicator of health, um, in any, um, on either end of the spectrum. Um, I mean, you, there are plenty of healthy people in all kinds of bodies. And so I think, um, maybe there would be an opportunity to share some of the things that I have learned, um, about, uh, you know, about health and, and weight and movement, um, that maybe there is an opportunity. Um, but I think maybe to your point, it's really just helping reframe what running can be. Um, and that to be a runner at whatever level you're at and whatever distance you might be training for is that you have to fuel your body. Um, there is, you know, it, <laughs> there's a, you know, we talk always about, you know, listening to our bodies. Right. And I mean, I've had days where I just come home and like, all I want to do is eat. Like I'm just pacing my kitchen <laughs> because I just can't get an, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, to feed my body. I know that's what my body needs. Like there's a reason, like if I wasn't so hungry, I would be out of the kitchen doing something else, but I'm right. instead, you know, uh, looking for the next, the next snack or meal. Um, and that I think we have to, uh, you know, there's so many 
problematic pieces of diet culture out there that would you know, say, oh, snacking's not good, or make sure you have this like num- this amount of food, or you sort of do these things. And it's like, oh my gosh, like the, it's daunting to think of having to undo all of those very harmful messages. Um, and it's also very easy just to say, well, listen to your body, because that doesn't work either. Because oh, yeah. I think we don't, we don't always know what our body, like our body might be telling us something that we don't understand. Um, or you come home from a, you know, an 18 mile long run and you feel nauseous. And so you're like, oh, well, my body's telling me you're nauseous. You don't want to eat. And like, well, actually you have to eat, even if you're, (laughs) even if you think your body is telling you, uh, not to, (laughs) um, you need something. And so I think it's just, it's incredibly complicated. Um, there are, you know, again, like, I think I want to be able to impart and share to my athletes, um, that, you know, your body is incredible, uh, regardless of, of what it looks like or what you think it looks like. Um, and if you're willing to put in the work, you can have a, a joyful and successful career as a runner, um, again, at any level or for any distance. Um, I mean, you know, this and anyone who's been to any kind of race, whether it's a five care marathon, you see people of all ages, all sizes. There is no, <laughs> like, it really can be a sport for everyone if you want to. Um, and I never would pressure anyone into doing something that they don't want to, you know, plenty of people say, oh, like, I could never be a runner. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, well, I actually think you could, but if you don't want to, yeah. <laughs> it's not my place to, to tell you what you should want to do. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so I think it's, but it's also reminding people that yes, even in a body size that you don't equate to being a runner's body, you can in fact be a runner. Um, and if you choose to do that, you need to nourish your body and you need to make sure that that body is going to continue to work (laughs) so that you can go out and run. Um, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky spot. Um, I don't have a good it answer. Is. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I don't think I don't think there is a good answer. I mean, I think there is a good answer, and the good answer is you got to trust your gut on something. Not your gut, right? Like you have yeah. to trust your instinct on something like this. Because I think of it in terms of what's the goal? Like, what is the actual goal? And obviously, like we're not therapists, we're not psychologists, we're not any of that. But we do have to understand what is your running related goal, right? Like if you're coming to me for run coaching, and you say, I want to lose weight, then I am going to ask some questions as to like, well, like how, how does running play into that? Like, how is running going to get you closer to that particular goal? And I, you know, even for me, it's, it's digging deeper into, so if you start running and you don't lose weight, how are you going to feel about that? Right. If you start running and you do. So it's kind of like trying to figure out, is there another goal that I can actually work on? That is maybe the truer goal, right? Where like, oh, I want to lose weight. And it's like, okay, but then, so why did you, and I think this kind of connects to what you said earlier of like, you got to have fun. There's plenty of other things you can do that is fun and not as taxing on the body. So it would be a questioning of, and I try to approach everything with curiosity of like, let me just try to understand here, because I think it's through that curiosity where, where you do get a lot of information as to whether this person is, is a good fit for you. Because if, if you're following your line of curiosity and the person just keeps saying, I just want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Then I'm going to be like, okay, maybe this isn't a good fit because 
yeah, I mean, anytime you work out and any kind of movement modality, you have to fuel your body in order to have the energy to do what you want to do. So I would then be worried of, okay, is this person going to do running and then look at their watch and they're going to be like, oh, I ran three miles. So I burned 300 calories and da, 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 da. And it's like, no, you know, at that point, there is definitely a scope issue, but I was just curious because again, we have a lot of people that do come into the sport initially, especially if they are people entering, I feel like later in life. Yeah. It is because they want to lose weight or because they want to get healthy. And what role do we play in that? Again, I don't think there is like a concrete answer, but I think the best answer is that through curiosity and questioning, we can start to tune into what our gut is telling us, whether someone would be a good fit or not. And kind of going back to even what you talked about scope of like, the more questions you ask, it's either going to confirm that it's way out of your scope Or it's going to be like, okay, maybe I can kind of do this. But I think either way, you're going to get a lot of information and it's going to, I feel like I try to think of it as like, how can I learn from a situation like this? Like if this is something that's out of my scope, then cool. I'm going to do a little more research, not so that I can coach someone like that, but so then I can have more resources to give someone like that. If they come to me, I can be like, you know what? I don't do this, but I do know this coach who happens to also be a nutritionist nutritionist or there's this coach that happens to be a registered dietitian like that is someone that may be a better fit for that particular athlete so thank you for answering that because I think that is such a tricky that's like murky waters especially when we know the power of running and the power of feeling strong when we reach our goals or feeling strong, even after a bad workout or a bad quote unquote, bad workout, feeling strong that we were able to accomplish it, but it does get, it can get a little bit murky when people don't go into it already having maybe just either a healthier relationship with their body or a less biased perspective of their body. I totally, yes. I love how you said that. And, you know, I think, uh, you're right. I think it definitely depends on sort of maybe where you're at in your life. Um, I did have a runner who normally I wouldn't have, I wouldn't share this detail about someone, but he, he shared it himself. And, and actually, um, I, I posted it on my Instagram. Um, I reposted what his comments, um, He's a, a man who's in his early fifties and wanted to, you know, had always kind of done various working out and other things and wanted to, you know, get into running. And I think, and there was an element of, you know, kind of the weight loss and staying healthy, which, you know, was fine. It didn't really, um, he, he wasn't coming to me specifically for anything regarding that, but really just wanted to learn how to run and to do it well and to, to stay injury free. Um, and one of the beautiful things that he expressed, um, you know, was also what else he got out of running, um, as an experience. Um, he lives near a, a lake, uh, a reservoir that has about a two mile path around it. 
Um, and you know, the, for him, it was also about going out every day or every other day that he was, you know, doing his, his workout and, you know, seeing the same people on the path and, you know, seeing the cross section of Los Angeles of, you know, that this is the, a, a location in particular that sits at a cross section of so many different communities. Um, and you see really every race and ethnicity represented and that he was actually able to, you know, with the wisdom of, of his age, which, you know, in, in your fifties and your forties and fifties, you sort of have a different appreciation than maybe you do when you're younger. Um, that was something else that he was able to appreciate about his experience. Um, and so I really loved that. But I think, again, this also goes back to communication. Um, yeah. that he was able to, communicate that with me and was so open to sharing his, uh, his experience. And it was very beautiful and very moving. Um, and he was, you know, and he was great about not just the day-to-day communication around particular workouts, but that he was able to sort of take all of this in, in the context. And yes, maybe there is this weight loss, health maintenance component of it. Um, which, you know, for him, he's, he's doing what he needs to be doing, or I think, you know, thinks he, right. uh, you know, is working for him. Um, but also was able to appreciate and communicate, um, what else he's experiencing, um, with running. And I, that was very special for me <laughs> to hear from him. Um, and that we were able to, you know, that he felt like, uh, you know, sharing that was a, you know, was part of his journey. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're, uh, if you can't, if you can't communicate what your fears are or what your maybe vulnerabilities or your, you know, what, what's, uh, what's exciting. Um, you know, I think that that makes it more challenging, but when you can do that, it really makes the relationship, um, I think that much more fruitful, um, and worthwhile for both parties. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's to be a runner is to do more than just run. But also when you run, you connect with yourself in a way that you maybe don't connect with yourself any other time, right? Like I, for myself, I I give myself as an example, you know, running is where I do some of my best thinking. Running is where I cannot escape myself. I cannot escape my breath. I cannot escape the sound of my feet. I can't escape the feel of my body. Like there is definitely like a, a coming to myself that happens on the run that I either have to confront and like break down and be like, wait, why am I bothered by it? Or I confront and I say, oh, that's awesome. I want to see more of that part of me. So in either case, it's going to influence me off the run. And it's going to be something that I take into other aspects of my life. And I don't know if people, when they say, oh, I want to start running, like they probably don't think about, Hey, you're going to fundamentally change. Like you're going to fundamentally change, which is why I say, is there any way with someone who says, I want to come to lose weight? Like, is there any thread that we can pull from what they say that will give us a clue that there is potential for your life to be changed at the core of you to the point where what you thought your goal was isn't really what your goal is, right? Like, you know, and there's, and like I said, there, there is a, there is a meeting of the self that happens on the run, 
but you kind of, you kind of got to get through a lot of ugly stuff to get there, right? Like you have to be able to, to deal with those rugs that feel particularly tough. You have to make it through the speed workouts. You have to make it through those hot days. You have to make it through the treadmill to like get to that point of like, wow, that was really tough, but I did it. And that I did it, it truly, it continues with you beyond the run. So I love that your athlete runner person had that experience because I think that's the experience of the majority yeah. of people when they let go of trying to grip so much onto the I want to lose weight or I want to be healthy goal or all of this stuff, right? Because it's even what I'm hearing from you is very much so using running as a tool to help people accept and embrace where they are and the body they're in. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, you know, I loved how you described being, you know, just really being curious and asking questions to see if you can get to, to maybe what else is back there. Um, and I think it's also being, sharing our own vulnerabilities and personal stories, you know, so I, I will share that. Um, and this is something that I would have no problem. I mean, I'm sharing it here on a podcast, so I would <laughs> share it with an athlete. Um, you know, I mean, I'm 44 and I am keenly aware of how my body is changing, um, at this next stage of life. Um, and, uh, you know, so my last, I ran a marathon in last October, um, I had come, you know, was coming off of, from the prior year, my, my big PR and thinking, I, you know, I'm only getting faster. Like this is, this is just the beginning. And this was, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, it was taking my training seriously and I got a coach, um, and I was really putting in the work. Um, and I did not get a PR. I did not hit any of my goals <laughs> at this last marathon. Um, and I really had to sit with it for a while and, and struggle with nothing went wrong. I, I mean, there was no, I wasn't injured. I didn't have a bad day. The weather was perfect. I was like perfectly trained. You know, I'm sure a lot of it was, it was, up, it was mental. There was a lot of pieces that I hadn't, uh, you know, I think I was maybe too much in my head. Um, and I went through and, you know, with my coach and sort of analyzed things. I said, okay, here's, you know, we, she had a, a great, um, sort of tool to kind of analyze the race. Um, and then even after that, I didn't feel satisfied and it's really, you know, it's now been a couple months. Um, and it takes time to sort of get to a place where you accept, okay, this was one race. This was one. I mean, it, it's hard because you don't race a marathon every other week. You don't get a do over right away. Um, and so I think it's just taken a lot for me to, really say, okay, let's take a few steps back. Like I did so many things, right. So many things that were beyond my control went right. <laughs> um, and yet, you know, I, I didn't, maybe my goals were, maybe I needed to reevaluate what my goals were maybe just given where I am in my life currently, my current, you know, physiological makeup, despite being impeccably trained. <laughs> maybe I'm just, maybe, you know, I just have to, I, I have to reorient myself. It's not a, it's not a, a, an exception, an acceptance of like, oh, well, I'm old now and I can't, <laughs> or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm past right. my peak. Like, I think it's just, it's how do you reorient your goals? And so I think what it's helped me to say is, okay, maybe I'm not going to be chasing a PR every single marathon that maybe I make the, I go back to thinking about what was that trip to Chicago 
that was my first sort of, you know, first marathon back Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, after having kids. And what did I love about that? I loved that it was a fun city. I got to travel. I got to be with my mom. I got to be with friends. Um, I got to do something different and I got to accomplish a marathon as part of that. And maybe that's how I need to start thinking about future, uh, you know, future races for myself that maybe it's, you know, if I got another PR, that's wonderful, but maybe it's, I get to travel. <laughs> I get to, you know, uh, the, 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 the marathon I ran in the fall was, um, I went to Amsterdam and, oh, uh, nice. and it was, you know, my husband and I got to take a trip and we got to explore a new city and have a wonderful time and eat amazing food. And I ran a marathon as, as part of it. <laughs> um, and that, you know, maybe for me, you know, it's okay. I have adjusted my, uh, my expectation for myself and what I can get out of it, um, of an experience. And I think that's important because, you know, as we've, as you and I have now said many times, you know, our bodies and our life circumstances and everything about running can change in an instant. It changes also over time. Um, and I think you just, we have to be nimble both as runners and as coaches in adjusting your goals, um, and taking a different perspective. Um, if, you know, if the perspective you have isn't working or if you're not, if you don't feel like you're achieving what you want to be achieving, maybe you just need a different metric. Yeah. I appreciate that so much because I find, again, the longer you're in this sport and you can kind of see those peaks, valleys, plateaus within yourself, you really do have to face your goals, right? You have to face your goals. And (laughs) for myself, I've been in a, in a very reflective in general, I'm always reflective, but a very reflective phase when it comes to my relationship with running I am this year, I'm going to be one of those runners that does do two marathons. And uh, if you know me anywhere, you know, off, off of this, you know, I don't like marathons. I'm still like, I'm still trying to figure out how to love them because I know that there's a piece of it. Like I can feel that there's a piece of it that I'm just not quite getting in order to make it a good experience right? And whether that's something like fueling, and I was telling some of my friends this past weekend on our long run, or maybe, I don't know, at some point I was telling them where the first marathon I ever did, I did goo and buddy fruits, like little applesauce packets. And now if I think about doing that, I'm going to throw up. Like I just want to throw up. And it's been that where almost every single training cycle for me, or like every year, I feel like there is an adjustment to nutrition that I have to make. And it's really frustrating because just when I thought I had a formula that felt good, I change, whether it's because hormones change, whether it's because it's age related or the palate changes or whatever the case is, something changes and I have to be okay with that changing. So I feel like, and in listening to you speak, it's like, oh yeah, running is very much this relationship of connecting disconnecting and reconnecting with ourselves as runners to reflect whatever phase in life we're in. But what I really appreciate about what you just shared is how important it is to have a variety of goals. Our goals cannot always be time related. And it's not to say that don't have a time goal. You can have a time goal, 
But remember that there's also other goals you can go after. Perhaps your goal is something bigger. It's I'm going to run a race on every continent or something like that, right? Like how can we connect? And I think, and I think it goes back to like, even what we were talking about the diet culture, right? Where it's like, what's the goal within the goal? Like, where is, where is there another goal within that? Because yeah, I'm sure you had your time goal for Amsterdam, but me right now, I'm like, I don't even care what time you ran. I'm just impressed you did it. Like you (laughs) went there and you had that trip. Like that's amazing. And I think that's part of it too. It's, checking ourselves whenever we start to get disappointed over not meeting our, our goal, whatever that is, so that we can remember that, oh, but there's someone out there that saw what you did. And one, they're excited for it. But two, now they think it's a possibility for them, right? Like the goal. So I think it's always just how can we have a more fluid relationship with our goals And again, this is just very much so a reflection of where I am, where it's like, oh yeah, I still have time goals, but more than anything, I have feeling goals. Like I want to feel joy. I want to feel, and that's my, my running word for my training cycle for I'm running the London marathon. That's the first one I'm running. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's a real lottery winner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's my word for that is joy. So I'm like, it's not even time related. And again, yes, I still get workouts that have time components and all of that stuff. But even on my speed workouts, when I'm like, this sucks, it's very much to say, can you smile? I'm like, going to London. To joy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, can you feel the joy here? And I think it's, and I find it just because sometimes And again, this is where I'm at, where it's how can I connect to running in a way that is fruitful, that helps me stay in the sport and in love with the sport versus connecting to it with such concrete goals that I end up getting paralyzed by disappointment if I don't meet those goals. Right. Yeah, I think where I'm at with it. Yeah, it's um, that is hard because it's, you know, you can do everything right. And then the one thing that goes wrong, that's what we hyper fixate on. And that goes for everything in our life, not just running. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're in a similar place. Uh, and that we've, you know, I think that does come with just more experience of just being able to, you know, cause I think, you know, when you're a first time marathoner, you know, again, for most people, the goal is to finish and to have yep. the accomplishment of doing a marathon. And then you have a couple more under your belt and, Maybe the goal becomes a PR, maybe it becomes training without injury, uh, or traveling. And I think it's, it's so exciting to, to show runners what the possibilities are, um, beyond time goals. Um, and, uh, and I think we just, you know, we all get there in our own time, (laughs) but I, I hope that, you know, as you said, it's like, we can show runners, other runners that it is, it's possible and it's something fun, uh, that will, you know, you can have many goals. uh, Absolutely. And And it's also like, you know, the way I see it is, is runners were very connected to the metrics and you've got a lot where, you know, we're talking about pace, we're talking about distance, we're talking about finish times, all of that stuff. But it's like, you're, you still ran a marathon. You still ran a half marathon. You still did a 5k. 
you still did I, like I get so impressed by hearing people's stories of how they finished when they felt like everything went wrong. Like that right there is like, talk about like, and it's not to say that, that everything goes right. And it's, and it's not as interesting. It is because for everything to go right during a race, I mean, a lot has to come together. It's just, it's to me, it's, it's so fascinating. It's like, how do we talk ourselves out of something that feels really dire? And that's, that I'm just so fascinated by that. When people are interested in working with you, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, do they reach out to you via Instagram? Are they reaching out to you on your website? How do people, how is that process like of getting to know you as a coach and then deciding to work with you as a coach? Yeah. Um, so primarily, um, I say on my website, you know, it's a, I've, I've made a, a, as a goal for myself <laughs> as a coach to, uh, to develop it a little bit more in this coming year, um, to, you know, to add a little bit more content, to keep it fresh. Um, but yes, yeah, coach, uh, folks can go to my website, which is coachkim.la. Um, and there's a, a way to, uh, an interest form at the bottom just to reach out. Um, and then I, I like to schedule a call. I just think it's easier to, to talk to someone, um, directly and kind of hear their voice and, uh, be able to, you know, ask, ask questions in that format. Um, I have Instagram as well. I'm, I'm not quite as active on there. I think for me uh, as a, as a photographer, which, you know, is a very visual uh, practice. Um, I, I use my photography Instagram more for promoting my, my visual work. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I'm on, I'm on social media as well, but, um, I really like just, you know, having the conversation once someone's able to find me and then, uh, and then going from there. And when they sign on with you, are you doing training plans? How do they get their training from you? Is it yeah. via a platform, a website, email, and then are they getting it in training block chunk, week chunk, two week chunk, month chunk? How are they getting that information from you? Yeah. So I use, um, final search with, mm -hmm. um, with my athletes, which I found has worked it's worked great so far. Um, I mean, every platform is going to have its limitations. Yeah. Um, but I find that, um, I, I really like from a, a user standpoint, um, both as a, as an athlete who's used it and as a coach, um, I really, I like the final surge platform mm -hmm. and, uh, I will program out for my athletes. I'll start off in about two week chunks, uh, just to kind of, you know, I, I do ask for, um, a three month commitment up front. Um, four months, if you're training for a marathon, just because that's sort of the, the minimum amount of time you need to really right. do a, a proper training block. But if it's someone who's not necessarily tied to a race goal, um, but is just wanting to get into running or to do something else, I ask for a three month commitment. Um, and you know, again, as I said, the first, the first month or so I'm, I'm putting out workouts in like one to two week chunks, just as I'm getting to know them, um, and starting to see what they're doing. Um, and then as we start to, you know, build out and I have a, a sense of either their, you know, their pacing and, and kind of how they're doing their workouts. I'll then build it out longer. Um, obviously it's different for a marathon because you have a pretty prescribed, uh, program, even though it's going to look a little bit different for each athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, you sort of know exactly what you're going to be doing <laughs> over the course of four months. Um, but I still, I, I usually program it out about a month or so in advance, maybe a little bit longer. Um, just since I know for long runs and things, people need to plan 
their lives around <laughs> their the, the running commitments. Um, and, you know, again, I just really impress upon athletes that the communication is key and, you know, talk, checking in after workouts is really important because it helps me to make those tweaks, um, and to make sure that we're on the right path because I could plug in three months worth of workouts, but if you're finding it's not work after week two or three, it's not working or, yeah. you know, something's going on. I need to be able to change course. And it's not a good use of my time to project what you're going to look like as a runner in 12 weeks. If I don't actually know where you're at, you know, a third of the way through, um, and I do most of the communication with, uh, with runners, you know, through final surge, which is one of the things that I love about the platform is you can have direct conversations yeah, the and the comments, um, on each workout. And that actually helps keep it organized for me so that I can go back and look at specific comments related to specific workouts, as opposed to a never ending thread of emails. Um, but I'm also, you know, I, I make myself available by, you know, by email, um, and for my runners who are local to LA, um, I, I do try to meet up with everyone <laughs> in person, um, either if they, uh, I offer in-person workout opportunities, um, as an addition to online coaching. Um, and for, I, I have a, a runner who's doing the LA marathon in March. Um, and I'm going to meet up, actually going to meet up with her, uh, this weekend, the 5k that I'm doing, there's also a half marathon. She's going to be running the half. So I'll get to, to meet her in person and, um, you know, and I'll probably, uh, meet up again before the marathon just to, uh, you know, to make sure she's feeling good and, um, get her excited. And then I'll see her on oh, marathon. Day. Um, so it's a, it's a, that's an advantage for, for local folks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love, love to see that. people in person. It's not, you know, it's not something I really, uh, I don't charge extra for it uh, unless you're, you know, you want to do the, you know, actually specific training, but as far as just getting to meet people, um, I think that's fun. And certainly if I were traveling somewhere and I had an athlete who lived there, <laughs> um, I would love to do that as well. I think that's a, it's just a fun way to, to, to see the people that you're communicating with mostly virtually. That's why the running community is so awesome because we really yeah. genuinely want to cheer each other on. All right. Final question. And it kind of connects to running community is how can we make running more accessible and inclusive? Oh, I love that. Um, so I think going back to what we were talking about with, um, uh, so I think the example of, um, the RRCA certification, you know, becoming, you know, moving online during uh, the beginning of the pandemic, um, certainly made coaching more accessible. And I think if anything that we collectively as a society have learned is how can we make everything in our lives more accessible to more people who otherwise may not have been included, um, for whatever reason. Um, and I think in some ways, virtual coaching, um, means that you can be anywhere and work with a coach anywhere. You don't have to live in LA, <laughs> uh, to work with me. Um, I mean, I, I love working with, with folks who are, who are local to me, but it's also great that, um, because of these platforms and our, you know, our new orientation towards working with people virtually, um, that we can make it open to more folks. Um, and certainly sharing things, you know, through social media, having very easy ways to share information, um, makes it more accessible. And so I just, I encourage people to keep sharing things when you find yep. something that you see, you know, th that is interesting or inspiring, share it with a friend, share it with a couple people. Um, I just, uh, a friend of mine is training for Boston and I 
a podcast that I was listening to was talking about, you know, the mistakes that most runners make when they're training for Boston and here's how to not make those mistakes. And so I sent her that podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I think just, there's so much content out there. Um, and you know, I, I think if we're all, if we're, if we're sharing it with each other, it's, it's fun and it's inspiring. Um, you know, I think running itself, you know, making sure that we continue to see that every kind of person can be represented, um, encouraging people who might say, oh, well, you know, I don't have a runner's body or I'm too big or I'm too this, or, you know, that we have to move past that. Um, and I, we, we've already talked a lot about that, but really being able to show, you know, and I think that goes also to sharing content, sharing content that's joyful, that highlights people of all, uh, of all bodies, of all backgrounds, of all races, um, just continuing to show that we actually all can be represented out there. Um, and it's, it's fun and show people having fun. Cause it is really, really fun. Um, I like, you know, I always love sharing content from, you know, races that I run, um, just showing the crowd. I'm like, look at this, this is so much, you know, look at all these people and, you know, the, the bands that are playing and the music, like, I think there's a, the more that we can contribute, uh, to a positive narrative about, you know, about the joy of running and the running community. I hope that it encourages people to say, oh, that looks like something I could be a part of. Um, or that looks like something I want to be a part of. Um, and knowing that there's, there is, you're never going to be the only one <laughs> out there who's, you know, who looks like you or, runs at the speed that you run, that there's always going to be someone else. Um, and that you're, you, you don't have to do it alone. Uh, I love that so, so much because it definitely ties into just sharing about the sport, making it more visible for people like, Hey, there are a lot of people here sharing. And yeah, just sharing. Like I'm even thinking of my social media feed right now. I'm thinking of some of the accounts and mostly like races, right? Like I'm thinking of some yeah. of the racing accounts that I follow. And that's something that I've noticed that they are starting to share. I feel like on race day, you get a lot of the elite pictures, but then the majority of the promotion for the events, it's just everyone else that's running. And it's like, that's what I want to see. I want to see like who else is out there, like who else is doing this thing. So definitely sharing. I love that perspective. And I love how you touched upon making coaching more accessible, right? Like let's have these trainings more accessible so that more people can be coaches. So then they can go into their communities and spread it as well. It's all, we're all tied together in so many different ways. Can you, for clarification and just so that people have it clear, can you once again share where we can connect with you online? Sure. So my website is coachkim.la <laughs> and uh, my uh, from there you can uh, there's an interest form and it also has links to my social media. I'm at coachkimla on Instagram and uh yeah, that's where that's where I am and I I love hearing from folks. Um I'm also in a variety of, I sometimes will find myself in uh, different running Facebook groups. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but somehow I'm in a million groups. Um, and so <laughs> sometimes I'm in there chiming in. Um, I, I'm in a number of Peloton groups. I have a, a Peloton tread. So that's, there's a lot of fun Peloton running uh, related groups. And so sometimes you might see me pop up in there. Um, 
but uh yeah that's uh that's where i am online and i'm in los angeles and if you ever want to come out here if anyone wants to come and visit la or run the la marathon it's a it's a fun experience and uh i'm here awesome well, thank you so much for joining me. I was, I usually thank ask you. what you have coming up, but you've got a 5k race coming up and I really, you know, I hope you share on your Instagram that experience with us so that I can cheer you on. And so that we can all thank cheer you. you on with that race. Know that you have at least one person here in Miami, Florida, that's very excited Aww. for you to do that race. <laughs> and Thank you. Truly, just thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and for being here on Runner's Roundtable. Any final words? Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was so great. I, you know, it's fun to geek out and talk about running. Um, there's a, it's, it's always just a nice space to, to be able to, to share and, and ask questions of each other and to, you know, to be, to tackle some of the hard questions um, that, that we talked about. And I think it's, it's great that I'm appreciative to you for having a platform for helping other coaches to kind of grow and run and in their running and in their coaching. Um, and to think about some of these, uh, these things as we, as we all hopefully try to learn and grow. Absolutely. Together we figure it out. Yeah. Right. And best of luck to you in London. That's definitely Thank on my, you. Uh, that's on should my bucket really list. Of- <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes, but it should be exciting. <laughs> all right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Our conversation took a pensive turn when we talked about coaching the person who wants to run to lose weight. In a culture that can oftentimes be hyper-focused on appearances, it can be hard to know when we, as coaches, are fueling the fire or helping to extinguish it. A lot of people come to running to lose weight, but what keeps a person in this sport is self-love and a curiosity for what one can do given the best training routine and supportive community. I want to thank Kim for falling down the rabbit hole with me and for exploring a complex topic that would benefit from more dialogue. For more on Kim, follow her on Instagram at CoachKimLA and check out her website at CoachKim.LA. You can also follow me on Instagram at TheCookieRunner, check out my website at TheCookieRunner.net and support season two of the podcast over at anchor.fm slash runners roundtable. Until next time, run happy, run strong, run true to you.